This is the UAE Sport Podcast, a podcast that celebrates and explores the fascinating sporting stories, activities and events here in the United Arab Emirates. Episode number 20 of the UAE Sport Podcast is here and thank you so much for listening. I've really enjoyed doing this podcast so far talking to lots of interesting people and today's episode is no different. It is an episode for the football fans. First of all, we have an interview with Victor Vazquez, who is the assistant manager of the UAE beach soccer team, who have recently just returned from the World Cup in Russia. After that, we'll be previewing Thursday night's UAE versus Lebanon fixture taking place at Zabil Stadium in Al-Wassel in the Asianic Qualification Round 2 Group A game. But first, here's your news. Your news on Tuesday the 31st of August. Dubai is gearing up to host the region's first official snow volleyball tournament in mid-October. The four-day event will be held in Ski Dubai at the Mall of the Emirates. It is being organized by Esperia Volleyball Academy in cooperation with Dubai Sports Council and Ski Dubai, under the auspices of Federation Internationale de Volleyball. Noor al-Din Samir, a representative of the UAE national kickboxing team, won gold in the 12th Arab Kickboxing Championship for teams and clubs for men and women in Iraq. Rising player Ahmed Abdulaziz won the bronze medal. After grabbing the UAE's first medal at the Tokyo Paralympic Games, Mohamed Al-Hamadi has shifted his focus to defending his 800m title. The Emirati took bronze in 100m wheelchair T34 on Monday, behind Tunisian Walid Katila, who won his third successive Paralympic sprint gold, and Australian, Reid McCracken at the Olympic Stadium. That was indeed your news. Now, telling us what it was like at the World Cup in Russia for beach soccer, here is your big interview with Victor Vazquez. Victor Vazquez, thank you so much for joining us on the UAE Sport Podcast. How are you? I'm so good, Phil. Thank you very much. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you very well. Um, So can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi, Phil. I'm now assistant coach at UAE Beach Soccer National Team. Uh, I'm here since 2016, where we are developing uh, a great job. Uh, we are trying to develop these sports in all the, the ways that we can, uh, even in the society, being, bring the society to, to the sport, uh, try to develop the level of the national team. We are getting good results with this team. I'm 32 years old. I, I'm from Brazil. Uh, I'm a sports science stu- um, uh, uh, I studied sports science in Brazil, uh, and I, I love this game. I love this game. So, is beach soccer huge in Brazil? Yes, it's a very common sport in Brazil. The sport starts in Brazil. The people in Brazil they they develop the sports before they play normally play eleven aside there in Brazil, but someone saw an American saw a a very good sport that he can grow up in 1994. So we start to develop some rules to try to attend a, a media needs, for example, in the times and everything. So in 1994, he brought some players that was uh, 
finishing his career in the football like Zico, like Junior, uh, and start to develop in uh, start the sport and sports boom. If you go to Brazil and at any beach, you will see many people playing football, playing beach soccer. Is a is a common sport there. So how long have you played the sport yourself? I was never a professional. I I studied the sport, but I live uh, 50 meters from the beach, my place where where I born. So I always played on the sand. So I'm used to playing the sand. But I never I, I wasn't a professional player in this sport. But uh, I was someone that uh, dive deep uh, and try to study bigger the science to the sports and that's my passion on it yes tell, tell me about the sport in the uae is it popular um do lots of people play it i mean we have a lot of sand in the uae being in the middle of a desert but that doesn't ne- necessarily mean that it's a popular sport does it no not yet we're developing a program with you football association they are with the presence of mr ali hamad as head of the department uh, Ibrahim Mansouri as well. We are trying to develop this sport and try to bring the society to, to us. In a place like ours that we have sent all around and in a sport that bring a good results, for example, we are three World Cup in a row, uh, participate of the, three, the third World Cup in a row is so interesting to try to bring. So what we are doing, we have some plans to try to do more academies, events to, to try to bring the the people to us. We, we, we did a league this year. The last league that we did was 2016. And we, we had six teams. Uh, these years, we, we came back to, to the leagues, uh, to the UAE Championship was during Hamadan, and we got 11 teams. So it's almost a double. So we are trying to manage the situations, trying to bring the society, trying to bring the interesting because uh, we need this. We need this help from your side as well. The federation is doing her best. We are trying to do our best. But this feedback from media that we are bringing to us is so important. You know this. You know how it's important to bring the society. For us, this is sport that's so interesting. Uh, I'll just give an example how this is sport interesting to bring the people. When you go to, to watch a match, how, what do you want to see? Goals, right? Yeah. You want to see goals. You want to see finishing shows, I want to see acrobatic movements. And if you go to beach soccer, I will just give some numbers from the last World Cup. In the last World Cup, we have an uh, average of 10 goals per match. The average of shoots for the both teams is a lot, like 100 shoots per match. And some of them is bicycle. You have very good saves. All the shoots, all the free kick, all the fouls is free kick. So all the fouls, in a, I'm talking about a pitch of 36 meters. So it's a dangerous of goal. So it's a, so motivating. You see a lot of situations of a team was winning 3-0 a game in the last three minutes, and he could lose the game. So it's an attractive game, but it's something that we are trying to develop is a process. The process we are growing, but we still need more steps to, to bring the, to create like a relation with the society, but we are on the way for sure. So talk to me about the the, the actual game itself. Um, when I watched it, it seemed that the sand was quite deep. Um, so yeah. it's, not, it's not like going down to Kite Beach in Dubai and kicking a ball a bit because the ball can go for miles. But that's completely different with beach soccer. Is that not? Is that right? Yes. For international competition, 
you need a minimal dip of 40 centimeters, minimum. Okay. To play to avoid any kind of injury because you know you run, you jump a lot, so it reduces the impacts. You don't use shoes, you don't you don't have like mm. specific shoes for this, you play uh grassroots. So uh uh, that's it. Uh, it's hard. It's hard because uh, if you talk about biomechanic of the movement, when you press the the floor, the answer that the sand give back to you requires a little bit a little bit more energy to react. Mm -hmm. Different if you are going to the grass or if you're going to a futsal court. So it requires a little bit of energy, a little bit of muscles and bio movement, uh, biomechanic movements different to execute the, the, the movements there. And even uh, talk about this one, it's difficult to control the balls on the sand because all the time the sand is against you most of the time. So you need to, more, you need to have more technique to control the ball in the air, to give a first touch with the ball in the air, to try to shoot, to try to control and go ahead. That, that's a, that's a, the magic of the sport. It, it does seem very like your first touch is very very important um and like it, the the game has played in air basically um which is really really exciting rather than on the ground and grass um another thing that i was i was worrying or not worrying i was wondering about was the impact on the body like your thighs and I guess speaking to a sports scientist, your thighs must take a lot. Like you've got to have strong thighs. And um, what? How do you train your body to be good at beach soccer? Uh, first thing that we, when you train any kind of of uh, sport, you should think about the specificity, the specificity of the game. Where do you play? We play on the sand. So our trains is on the sand. Uh, we were one of the first teams. In the, in, the, in the sport, in the beach soccer, to try to bring the science for us. So we control all the load of the trains, we bring GPS to bring to us a lot of information to, to, uh, to help us to develop the best way to develop the players. So all our trains is on the sand, on the sand. We train power on the sand. We train situations of uh, pace, of uh, stamina on the sand. So when you train, all accordingly with your game model, respecting the size and the individual uh, player to that sport, it will come easy. For example, it's not always so difficult to, to, to run in the sand. It is when you are not used to be there. When you have a good preparation, you have a good program to develop your fitness zone, your, your fitness level, uh, your fitness performance, it will become easier for you for sure. Okay. You mentioned that um, this is, uh, you're just back from Russia, where you took part in the, the World Cup um, for beach soccer. How was that experience? Was it really exciting to be a part of that? Yes, this is my third with the World Cup with this team. Uh, we were so mature to, to get, this was for sure our best preparation to be there. It's a dream. Absolutely, it's a dream. Unfortunately, the COVID took us and it... Uh, it avoid us to go a little bit further because uh, we lost five important players. We need to bring players that uh, they have a very good future, but they were only three months, four months in the beach soccer. So it uh, a little bit creates some problem for us in the game. But even in these circumstances, we could be competitive against, for example, Spain. Spain actually is the 
is the first first team in Europe, the world champion there in Europe, and we played the last game face to face with them without five players with COVID and one going back, but it was not so well in his feet, you know. And another one got red card. So we went to play. We could invite 14 players to go to the World Cup. In the last game, the most important game against the first in Europe, we worried out six. Okay. So it's a, a big, uh, big headache for, for any team. But even in these circumstances, we could do a game face to face with them. Just show that the preparation was good. They just show that the team, not only the, the 14, the others is coming because we are in a moment of transition of our team and they, these players show us that they are ready because the first, the first challenge for their career, their official career as beach soccer player was the World Cup in this circumstance and they show us so well. So was a, a good learning, uh, a fantastic challenge to, that we faced there, but even I'm proud of what we did there. I, I mean, you did very well. You, you beat the eventual group leaders, Tahiti, 4-3, and that must have been special. What was, what, was, what was the message to the players before that game kicked off? The message to the players is simple. Uh, our players love the game. Yeah. Our players is fascinating for the game. Uh, we have all the respect for them because they sometimes... Uh, they leave the job and go die to the train. Sometimes they not even have time to have lunch, but they love the sport and don't miss a train. They do everything to be there. Mm -hmm. So the message for them was clear. First of all, respect what we train you, respect what we, we plan to do in this game. And after, do with your love, do with your country, do for your dream, follow your dream. That's our message. We could, and it was very good because we did like a uh, video, a motivational video to them. And we called some players from UAE, we called Fabio Lima, was, was so interesting. They, they were so motivated and we could beat a team. And not the first in the group, in the last three World Cups before, they went to two finals, Tahiti. is a so strong team. So it was, it was really good this first game. So incredible. Uh, congratulations. Uh, and it's such a great achievement, as you say. But um, going forward into next World Cup, when is the next World Cup? Where is it? Uh, beach soccer, beach, uh, the World Cups is each two years. Two years, okay. two years, two years. So the next one is 2023. And whereabouts is it? Do you, do you know at the moment? Do you where know? Is it? Where, is it? where is it? Yeah. Oh, they, didn't, they didn't confirm yet. Okay. They, so they didn't confirm. They should confirm in the event that they have here in Dubai. And I want to invite you and all the community to go there. We have the next uh, next event here in Dubai. It's an event that they have uh, early. We have here is the second most important competition for national teams. Okay. The Intercontinental Cup. It's a very last time. Last time we were the we were the third place. It was nice. Oh wow, great. Um, we'll, we'll get on to all that later on. Um, but what would you what would you change in the build up to the next World Cup then? I mean, the preparation was really good. Uh, we are on the way. I, I believe in the process, uh, Phil. I believe that the things should come in a process. Uh, I'm absolutely sure that if we were with the full squad, we can we could go forward in this in this time. But we couldn't, and we cannot regret. We think we need to think about the future. We need to keep doing what we are doing and increase the level that what we are doing. Try. To go ahead, for example, the last time we have 11 teams in our championship, let's do another one with more, another championship with 
more months of players so we can give more time to our players playing beach soccer. We can try to do some situations to bring academy, to bring the community, community to, the, to the game, try to do some exchange as we did before. We, we sent some players to play in Europe. We are trying to do it more. And, uh, and that's it. Keeping the process and try to increase what we are doing. I think we are in the, in the right way. I think we are going away that we are in, a, in an instant to do something big with this team. This team is getting mature. This team is getting playing. They are used to play. They are used with big games. So we are on the way. We are in a short uh, way to, to get some very good results to the country. And then, you know, uh, when we get these good results, the things will come even more. We are getting a very good, very good, very good uh, help from the Federation. They are supporting us a lot. And I think we are everybody in the same way. That's so exciting. So exciting. So tell us, where, where did the UAE train uh, for beach soccer in the UAE? So uh, normally here we have two, player, two places to train. One is Mamza Beach Park, uh, of course Mamza, and the other one in the UAE Football Association, we have, uh, we have a few there. So uh, these are the two places that we, we are used to train. Okay, and how can uh, people like myself that have never played before, how can we get a game of beach soccer? Uh, Phil, uh, always training for me. I believe in, as I told you, I believe in the process. If you start to play, if you try to develop your level, if you try to do, to do it, it's a very interesting game. And I'm sure that with two months, maybe you can play with your number nine and score many goals with bicycles <laughs> and everything. I'm sure. Oh, when I played football, I was always the goalkeeper. Um, so I don't know, like... Uh, you must, no problem. I, even, that's other. That's other. Uh, that's other good point for beach soccer. Even the, the goalkeeper can score many goals. Yeah. If you see the, in the same in the third place, the goalkeeper scored two or three goals around it. So you can even score goals in this game as goalkeeper. Amazing. You mentioned the Intercontinental Cup that's coming up in Dubai. Uh, can you tell us a little about? about that when is it where is it uh and how to come along and, and watch yes of course uh uh it happens normally during october or november this year will be on second of november from second to six okay uh <laughs> the place is always changed dubai sport council is the one that organizes with a beach soccer worldwide and is here is the second most important championship uh for national teams here comes uh, Brazil, Russia, Iran, uh, Spain should be the champion in Europe, the champion from CONCACAF, uh, the champion of CAF, all of them coming here and we have a very nice event and it's free. Uh, they, 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 made like, they make like a very nice arena so it's a very good event to, to the fans, absolutely. We have a full stadium, it's so, it's so nice. And did you say it was free? Yeah, it's free. The entrance is free. Absolutely, yeah. So if people, nice. are want, if people are wanting to yes. go find out about sport, come along. Okay, um, Victor, I just want to thank you so much for taking the time. Um, you're clearly very, very passionate about it, and that's infectious, which is great. I will be down there um, in November, absolutely supporting the UAE from the top of that stand. <laughs> thank you very much, Phil. Thank you very much. I'm passionate because you will see, if you start to come, you get fascinated for this sport. Is this sport, few, is a sport that they have a lot 
to be developed, not only for us as coach, not only for us from this stuff, no. Yeah. From the media, because it's so interesting, so interesting, and I really appreciate your interesting to talk with us. If you have interest to follow the trainings, if you start to be part, you are invited anytime. Just send me a test to come to watch. We should be back to the trains the second week of November. So you are invited to, to be with us there for sure. And thank you for the for this time to talk for the people about our amazing sport. Not a problem. Thank you so much. And I'll definitely come down and join you. Thank you very much, Phil. Thank you so much. Thanks once again to Victor Vasquez for taking the time to chat to us. It is appreciated. Now, let's take a look ahead to the big game on Thursday night. In their 50-year history, the UAE has only featured in one World Cup. At Italia 98 was placed in a group featuring Colombia, Yugoslavia and eventual winners West Germany. Since then, the closest the UAE has come to reaching a World Cup was in 2018, when it reached the third round of Asia's qualification series for Russia 2018. On Thursday evening, the UAE, also affectionately known as Al-Biad, meaning all-white because of the white strips the team wears, will kick off its Group A campaign and hopefully end the long wait for a UAE presence at World Cup Finals. To get to this stage of qualification for Qatar, the UAE were given a bye to the second round of qualification and were placed in Group G in Round 2. Al-Biad qualified from Group B by just one point, edging out Vietnam. Due to Covid, four of the Group G games were rescheduled, however the UAE emerged victorious from all four. Overall, under the diligent management of Dutchman Bert van Marek, the UAE recorded six wins and two defeats and progressed onto the third round of the Asian qualification. Seeded in Pot 3, the UAE is placed in Group A, where it will face Iran, South Korea, Iraq, Syria and Thursday night's opponent, Lebanon. To qualify for the World Cup, Al-Biad will have to claim one of the top two spots in Group A. If the UAE finishes in third position, it must play the third place team in Group B. If successful in that tie, Al-Biad will move on to the Intercontinental Playoffs for a further chance to qualify for the World Cup. The journey begins on Thursday night at Al-Wasso Stadium. On the back of four consecutive wins, Van Marek's side go into this tie with confidence. Both teams have played each other five times before, with Al-Abiyad winning three, losing one and drawing one. Ivan Hasek, manager of Lebanon, is a man with a working knowledge of the UAE squad. He has enjoyed coaching roles at Al-Wasl, Al-Ali and Fujairah. Hasek will present his team on Thursday night on the back of two defeats, with Lebanon squeezing into the second round of qualification and gaining the final spot of the five runner-up places. Only goal difference placed them ahead of Tajikistan. Ranked 98 in the current FIFA rankings, it is fair to say that Lebanon are the underdogs of Group A. The key players to look out for in a Lebanese shirt are Hassan Matouk, the country's most capped player and all-time highest goal scorer. The 34-year-old has found goals difficult to come by in the second round of Asian qualifiers, scoring just once, but if anyone is expected to be revitalised by the appointment of Hasek, it is Matuk, who will look to create further history with Lebanon. Another player that the UAE will need to be aware of is USA-born Sonny Saad. Saad is an accomplished striker with considerable experience in Asian football, having plied his trade in Thailand, Korea Republic and Jordan. The UAE have danger men of their own though, and none more so than Ali Mabkut. 
that Alibiad's all-time record goalscorer has been at his prolific bestest campaign, bagging 11 goals in the second round, two more than any other player. Abdullah Ramadan is another key player for the UAE, offering a blend of tenacity and creative ability that make him indispensable to Van Marek, and his flexibility has seen him play in a number of positions across midfield. Thursday night is poised to be spectacular. On paper, Alabayad look well-placed to succeed, however football is excitingly unpredictable. The difference could be that, for the first time since the outbreak of the COVID pandemic, fans will be able to attend the game in person. With a stadium filled to 60% capacity, roaring the Al-Abiyad on, maybe, just maybe, this will be the year that the UAE return to the big stage. Qatar 2022. Now let's take a look at what is happening around the Emirates this week. First of all, we have the inaugural club competition taking place at Paddle AE down in Al Quds. That competition runs between the 1st and the 4th of September. Next, we have a badminton competition. Bright Sports DIP Championship will take place on the 3rd of September and this is down at Smashing Point Sport Academy at 17th Street in Dubai. And then we've got the MX Ride Dubai taking place on the 3rd of September. This is happening at Markham in Sharjah. This is a national outdoor motocross event on a closed circuit. If you have an event that you're looking to plug, please do not hesitate to get in touch. You can do at uaesportpodcast at gmail.com. So that was episode 20 of the UAE Sport Podcast. Once again, thanks very much to Victor Vazquez. Uh, for taking the time to chat to us so appreciated if you have any comments or anything like that that you want to see more of on the podcast please do not hesitate to contact us you can do at uaesportpodcast at gmail.com and finally good luck to the uae national team on thursday everyone here at the uae sport podcast is absolutely rooting for you thank you once again and i'll see you next week